Easter Sunday, so three messages entitled, God, the pursuit of mankind, God, everybody on planet earth is looking for God, everybody, I said everybody is looking for God, and uh, The main reason that people don't know God and that they don't really serve God and they're not faithful to the things of God, the the main number one reason is they don't know him. When Fabian was talking about trusting God, trust me, he's... He's personally, in his testimony, heard God tell him to trust him. You don't just wake up one day and never hearing any word or anything and just give absolute trust to God and believe he's going to do what he said. You have to be taught. You didn't just wake up one morning when you were five years old and know how to do algebra. You had to be taught, right? You're not going to just know God. Um, You're not going to just know him and understand him if you're not taught. Um, The reason I didn't entitle this message with the name of Jesus, because I want us to think about Jesus as God, because he is, but, but I want us to think about sometimes how, we, how the name of God has become common to people. When something becomes common to mankind, then there's, there's not a value in it when it becomes common. And the, the, the name God has become common. I'm going to spend the next three messages today and the next two after that talking about The God that we serve from the Bible, if you serve the God from the Bible, is the only God. There is no other God. It's not up for debate. And we're not hammering anybody else that believes God is something else or someone else or, you know, in some other form of religion or, or, or whatever. We're not here to slam anybody else. But we're here to not prove God correct, but to show you who he is and let him prove himself to you. That's really what matters. What matters is that you live a life where God is proving himself to you. God's real. God is real. And everybody on planet earth is pursuing God. They're in hot pursuit of him. There's a lot of different ways that people pursue God and a lot of things that people have built up in their mind for whatever reason, based on where they've come from, they get things built up in their mind thinking that you have to do this to serve God, for God to love you, you have to do this, you got to act like this, you got to do all these things. And, And there's a lot of that stuff you really don't have to do. You really don't have to do it. So we're going to look at it. Remember... We always, I'm not giving you my opinion, we always go to the word. Um, So everybody's looking for God, right? And who is God and what is God? And it's all defined actually in one statement found in 1 John 4. It's found in a few places, but but we're going to look at 1 John 4 and verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who is who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Everybody on planet Earth is pursuing God. Mankind's pursuit is for God, and God is love, so all of mankind is in pursuit of love. And I'll just tell you this, I'm not going to ask you your opinion, I'll just tell you this. 
Most people are looking for love in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. I was too. Before I knew God, I was looking for love in all the wrong... And, and, and what, is, what is it that we're really looking for? We're looking for love, but we're looking to be accepted. People just want to be accepted. Huh? And, 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 and why, why do people not feel accepted? And, and a lot of the reason that people don't feel accepted is they, that they have a misconception of God. God's going to require this, and God likes this, and he doesn't like this, and he, he, he likes these kind of people, but he doesn't like those kind of, I mean, all kinds of crazy things. But, but it's, it's a lot of information that's out there that's got to be shut down. So remember, God is love, right? And, um, and, 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 it's, and that's difficult, right, because... Um, John 3.16 says that God so loved that he gave. And in giving is sacrifice and submission. God so loved who? Me. He so loved me that he gave the best of heaven for me. And that's difficult to explain and it gets kind of sticky and kind of messy at times. Because people want to love when. People want to love if. People want to sacrifice if it's all, everything's good. Well, I'll do that if they do this. There's all these stipulations that people have concerning being able to love and to sacrifice and lay their, their life down. God so loved that he gave. God that is love did what he does. And that's what? He gives. He's a giver. He's a sacrificer. In, in other words, in other words as, as I think it was Fabian saying that to my wife about Abraham being willing, by the next morning being willing to sacrifice his son. See, God didn't think, well, you know, I'm looking in the eons of time. I'm looking about 2,000 years from now. Um, and I'm thinking, I see that Burt Wimberley and that no good scum bucket. You know, I just, I don't think I'm going to die for him. I think I, I just changed my mind. He didn't think about himself. He's so, he's so, God is love. And so he can't be anything else but love. He's so consumed with love. And what love does is it always gives. Everybody say Always. Not just some of the time, love always gives. And, that, and that's sticky. See, people can't get that because in the back of their mind, well, I can't love this person. I can't do right because they've done me wrong. And we've been taught, man, we've got to cover our backside because nobody's going to cover for us. Nobody's going to protect me. Nobody's going to make sure that I get this. And, and I need to make sure they get their comeuppance because they did wrong. And I've been put on the earth to make sure that they pay. It gets sticky. You know where some of the, the most sticky situations are? Family. I said it gets sticky and messy. <laughs> and you know what? When things are sticky and messy, we never do it right. Okay, all right. I, I, I screwed up there. Okay, I repent. And 670 more times of repentance, we get closer to doing it. See, if you don't quit, you reap. No matter how messy, how sticky, how uncomfortable, how difficult things can be, how, how many differences that we have and all this kind of stuff, we learn how to love with no strings attached. Nothing. God so loved that he gave. Here's a couple of verses of scripture that we just can't get away from in talking about this. Look at Matthew 26 and verse 36. Um, Matthew 
26 and 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. What was happening was he was beginning to die this death that absolutely doesn't make any sense to the natural mind. I'm telling you, Jesus was as much flesh and blood body as I am. Not quite as good looking, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) No, but Jesus, he was all man, okay? And and, and we, we talk about this a lot. We've talked about this through the years. The only difference in Jesus is that he directly came from God and we indirectly came from God. We create, I came, my father was created in the image of God, and he and my mother had me, okay? But Jesus came directly from the sperm of the father. I mean, we just have to get right down to it. Because there's no other way for a person to be born unless there's conception in the womb of a woman. There's no other way for a human being to be born. Jesus had to be born that same way. But he was all flesh and blood. And right here it says, right here it says, he became, he became exceedingly sorrowful even to death. And he told his disciples, stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, he prayed saying, he prayed saying, and watch this. Oh, Father, who's that? That's the God that all the world is searching for. God. uh, Daddy. um, I need help. And somewhere in that conversation, we know that Jesus said he only did the things that the Father told him to do had to be somewhere in that conversation. He knew the voice of God. He had spent his whole life learning that voice. He didn't just know who he was. He had to learn who he was. Or it's not fair. He wouldn't have been the perfect example for you and I. He had to learn who he is. And somewhere in that conversation, there had to be Son, you got to do this. It doesn't say that. But he went before his father and he said, Daddy, I know what your will is. I am struggling to do your will, but I am submitting to what your will is. Not my will, your will be done. His will and the father's in that moment were not the same. It was the ultimate act of sacrifice, but it was the ultimate act of submission to do what the Father wanted. It's difficult, listen to me, it's difficult to understand that and it's difficult to convey that to other people. It's difficult to get that over. People struggle. They, they draw a line. They, okay, yeah, I hear about God. Yeah, I believe in God. I believe this. I believe in God. But, but when you start talking about these kind of things, it's a, it's a deep struggle. People draw a line in the sand. I don't know about all that. And, you know, I used to think, after I was saved for a few years, and, and, and I used to think, that there was this, I looked at, at life and Christianity and God as this thing where it's, it's my side and it's their side. And you need to come over to my side and think like me. And there was a period of time when, you know, 
And I've said this, and, and I've, I've laughed about it, but it was the absolute truth. People didn't kind of want to be around me. I mean, I had family members that r- ran from me. Um, because my perception of God was based on some things that I'd heard, and I had a revelation to a certain point. But what I didn't understand was I had forgotten where I came from and what I didn't know for 18 years of my life. And I'd quickly forgotten what it was like not to know God and have any understanding of God and how to draw individual people into that place of knowing God. The world is pursuing God. They're after God. And and God set it up by giving the best. Okay? He gave his best, and then the best that he gave made the right choice, which was Jesus that we just read in that verse of Scripture right there. And then something even deeper Matthew, the, the next chapter over, 27th chapter in the 45th verse. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus is hanging on the cross. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, whatever that is. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Think about this as I, as I look at the last two passages that we're going to look at today. So, God the Father not only gave the best, but he was willing to do something with a son and allow his son to come to a place where he felt forsaken. Why, why, listen, Jesus had progressive revelation of who he was, what he spent 30 years for, 30 years of training for three years of ministry. And he was born to die for all of mankind. Why would Jesus, under such immense pressure, if he knew what the final outcome was, why would he accuse the Father of forsaking him? I just have to say, I don't think he knew. I mean, he had glimpses, he had had understanding, but he didn't understand the depth of what he was going through. Until he went through it. Can you imagine one human being taking on all the sins of all the world ever that will ever will be? The the Bible says Jesus died one time for all people. All people. I, I don't totally, I can't, my mind can't comprehend that, but that's what it says. If the Bible says it, then that's what happened. And the father was willing to go to the place. He didn't forsake his son, but it appeared that he did. Abraham didn't forsake his son, but it appeared that he did. And what that's called is absolute trust and confidence. Abraham had absolute trust and confidence, and he not only obeyed, but he followed through to the end. And what happened? The end result. What was the end result of what Jesus did and the choices that he made? You and me and all of humanity to liberate us and set us free. Now, all of humanity is after God, whether they know it or not. Everybody's after God. And what's our part? Look at this passage of Scripture in in Matthew 5. 
and verse 13. And I'm going to read this. I'll just read it from the board. I'm going to read it out of the message translation. Um, so why are we here and what is, our, what, what is the purpose? What, why did I read all the verses of scripture I just read? I read all that to say what and some things that I'm going to point out. I'm just going to kind of talk, after I read this, I'm just going to talk for a little while and give you some examples of things that I feel like are vital for us understanding in a greater way in our life what Jesus accomplished. And in the message translation, starting with the 13th verse here, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Everybody say God flavors. We're here, we're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the flavors of God to the earth. People need to be able to taste you. They need to be able to have this taste or this sense of something when you're in their presence that is leading them to God. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness and you'll end up in the garbage. In other words, you end up not really seeing anything happen in life if you lose the saltiness. But there's a whole world of people out there that need to become salty. But they'll never be salty if we lose our saltiness and they'll, they'll never love a God that they don't see working in you. Listen to me. If people don't like you, they won't like your God. You, you don't have to be like other people in the rest of the world. You don't have to be like everybody, but you have to like everybody. Well, I don't have to like that person. Okay? All that's going to happen is you're going to lose your soul. You know, you know who you think about when you say that? People you don't like. <laughs> that's where you practice your faith. That's where you step out. You think if I, if I stepped forward that I'd fall flat on my face? There's nothing there. But God wants us stepping out in faith and believing there's something there and seeing the support that comes when we treat people the way he would treat them. Can you say amen? It's vital. It's absolutely vital that we treat people that way. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you on there, I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. I mean, that just says it all in, in, in one sentence, right? By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven, this, 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 this God who is love. If we open up to people and learn to love unlovely people, people will begin to like you. They'll begin to like you. And then they'll like your God. But if you stay shut up, constantly judging other people, 
treating people certain ways because they don't think like you, then we shut the door to what God set up and what God created for you and I to live in and to operate in. Now, um, I, want, I, I wrote a few things down and I, want, I just want you to think this through. I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Um, <clears throat> I said to you earlier that the main reason that people don't serve and love God is because they don't know him. People don't know God. And you know, if you tell somebody that they don't know God, they're going to be offended and, and you know, they're going to all of a sudden put a guard up, a wall up or whatever. You know, if you accuse them that, well, and if, and if you tell people, well, you know, if you just had faith that this would work for them, I mean, you don't tell people that. I don't tell people that. People don't know God. You know, I, I, had, I had somebody one time ask me this question. They said, uh, they said uh, years ago, they asked me, you know, this person in my life was a very, was a very godly person. They loved God and, and they did all these good things and they helped people and I mean, just all this stuff. And this person got some disease in their body and they died. And, and, and this person was saying, to, they were asking me, why did God do that? And, and, you know, I really thought it through. And, and I think probably the first answer I gave wasn't really any good because it didn't do anything for them, you know. And uh, as time went on, I thought, I thought more about that. And I thought this. God doesn't owe you and I healing. Healing is part of the covenant. It's a gift. It's been given to us. He doesn't owe healing to somebody that's been faithful to serve and do different things. God doesn't owe healing. It's part of what belongs to us. But do you see how people's thinking can get twisted and backwards on a situation like that? To the point that they feel like, uh, I mean, how many people through the years have blamed God for something bad that happened? And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. You understand? But what's, what's difficult, and I'm saying this to you today, what's difficult is helping people to see how to overcome a difficult situation. I've had many difficult situations in my life. Many. Things that shouldn't have happened the way that they happened. Different family members, things that happened to family members that, that I don't believe should have happened to those family members. There was some, why God, why? What, what, what happened in this situation? And every single time, God showing me. And God revealing to me. In an individual person's life, when they don't know God, they don't know how to receive from Him. You and I have a responsibility today to help people be able to receive from God and shut all the false ideas and the things that they think about God, how to shut those things down. You know how many people won't serve God because they're afraid God's going to kill them? People think God's going to take them out. You know how many people are in dreaded fear of other family members dying, this person going, the, all these kind of things, and they, and they don't know how to get past that. They can't serve God and, and, and commit to the things of God because they're afraid that if they do enough things wrong, that surely God's got to take me out. That's not my God. That's not my God. Now, I'm just going to, I'm not going in, in order of, you know, most in, you know, important. I'm just talking about what's in our face all the time, okay? And this is what I feel like most people think. God is mean, and he doesn't like certain people. He doesn't like homosexuals. 
He doesn't like a person that's had an abortion. I'm just telling you, that's what's in our face all the time. People think that God doesn't, if you've had an abortion, that God doesn't like you. If you drink or do drugs or something along that line, that God doesn't like you, there's something wrong with you. If you live in an adulterous life, a promiscuous type life, and and you're living that ongoing, God doesn't like you, and God will never accept you the way you are. Um, This is a big one. If you cheat on your taxes, that'll keep you out of church. Huh? If you lie, well, you know, if you're a liar, God will kill you. I mean, literally, he'll take you out because the scripture says this. Yeah, show me that one. I know, I know what it says. I know what it says about lying in 1 John. I know what it says about lying. But you've got to read the whole chapter to understand exactly what he's saying. He's not looking for liars to take them out. And this, this is another big one that's not out there in our face, but it's in all of our hearts. Surely God couldn't accept me because of the struggle that I have in forgiving this person or this thing that happened to me. Surely God couldn't accept me and love me. All of those things that I just mentioned and so, 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 so many more are not the nature of my God. Now you may say, well, you know, God says he hates homosexuality and he hates this and he, yeah, I know he didn't hate the person, but he just hates. No, no, there's something beyond that. There's something beyond that. My mom has gone home and she's born again and she's in heaven today. But my mom was a practicing homosexual for a lot of years. She left my dad for another woman when I was 10 years old. And uh, I hated her. I mean, I hated her guts. Couldn't stand to be around her. Two years into my salvation, my wife and I got married, and I would not invite her to my wedding. And God got a hold of me to the depth of my heart. And he he, he showed me my mom. He showed me her. But I couldn't see that until I saw her through what Jesus did for her. See, see, we focus on what Jesus did for us, but what about what Jesus did for everybody else? And when I saw her through what Jesus did for her, I mean, it doesn't matter what she is. It doesn't matter what she did. And then when I begin to love her and find out a lot of the reasons behind her relationship, that's where my heart broke. And when I realized, God doesn't hate anybody for what they do. God will take you just like you are. What the world is looking for is God, but they're looking for a God of love and acceptance. And when you can be accepted by God and you can trust God, what Fabian said earlier, that God said, trust me. When you come to the place where you can trust God, I'm just using, I'll I'll use about three of these as an example. If you're a a practicing homosexual, if you're a a daily drug user, if you live a promiscuous life or whatever it is that you live, if you can come and get enough word inside of you and begin to change the way that you think, and you trust God and you feel accepted just like you are about God, from God and you learn to hear God and you learn to understand who God is, then if God doesn't like your lifestyle, you'll change it. <sighs> my mother sat with me on my front porch. She was born again in a Billy Graham crusade in 1953. She had issues with men and all kinds of things and nobody could help her with her issues. In 1953, she got born again at a Billy Graham crusade. She, she, even up to the day she died, she, she told me it was one of the most magnificent days of her life. But nobody could help her with what was going on on the inside. And so she lived a life that she hated herself for. She hated it. But she lived that life with all this turmoil on the inside. And in 2006, on my front porch swing, 
I led her in a prayer to rededicate herself to the things of God. And the rest of her life she spent learning to know God. I'm not saying she changed everything. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not in the life-changing business. God is. I wasn't created to change you and make you and do so, so that you look like me. Come on. How boring would that be that we all look and do and we're as robots and we go around and... No. 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 Not. He created us to be this way. And there's so many hurting people and you see all kinds of things and everybody's mad at everybody and everybody wants to shoot everybody and do all kinds of crazy things because they don't know God. And what they're looking for is God. They're looking for love and acceptance in all the wrong places. Where they need to be? Gates of the city right now. Amen? But they're looking for love and acceptance in all the wrong places. And the more you feed that mess, I tell you what, I'm going to give you a challenge in 2000, what is it, 2018. I'm going to give you a challenge for the rest of the year. This may seem like a really strange challenge. <clears throat> but if you're a Republican, I'm going to challenge you to start loving and accepting Democrats. I've been re- realizing in the last few years the divisiveness in our nation, in our political system. It's divisive. And if you're a Democrat today, start loving and accepting Republicans. I'm just, I'm just challenging. I, I, I tell you what, there's more, there, there's more God-destroying, God-busting up issues in people's lives, in politics, than anywhere else. It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible, and we've got to make a difference in the midst of that by loving God, hearing God, and just loving and accepting people. When they don't look like you, they don't drive the same kind of truck or car you drive, or they don't, you know... I don't, I, you know, this guy, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't hunt, so I don't like him. This one doesn't fish, so I don't like him. This one doesn't go to the mall, so I don't like her, him, or whatever, whoever. I, I, you know, forget all that mess. Just learn to love people, and I promise you, learn to step out. I, God's been talking to you more than you think, and now today I'm stirring you up in remembrance of this, but God's been talking to you about people around you to just, you know, hey, that's not too hard. Hey, what up? I mean, you, 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 don't, you don't have to preach to people. I mean, listen, one plants and one waters, then there's a picking day and there's a receiving day. But, but listen, there are so many people in my life today. There's, I have so many people in my life that they are not ready for my God. There's no way they could, if I tried to preach to them and put all kinds of these heavy convictions and stuff on their life, they couldn't handle it. They they can't handle my God yet. But they can handle me. They can handle me. They can handle you. And we got to be open to it. I'm talking about today we got to be open to it. Because this time of year is about what our Savior did and accomplished for us. And you know what? I'm very thankful and I'm grateful for all the Christians that love this time of year. We watch the Passion of the Christ we lo- and we love it, what he did for us. But do you know there's more than half out there that don't like this time of year. And if we were in an Amway convention right here, and I was telling you there's 50% of the people out there that need to be tapped into to sell Amway to, or Amway or whatever, I'm just some, some, some marketing convention, some of you would be, and I gave you ideas about how to deal with that. Some of you would be leaving here to go take care of that right now. 
I'm telling you, there's 50, 60, 70% of the people out there that don't really like what we're talking about. They're not going to come into church on Easter Sunday necessarily and hear about Jesus and, and hear about, you know, what the passion of the Christ, because they've all seen the passion of the Christ. I mean, you know, however many hundreds of millions of people have watched the passion of the Christ, they've all watched the passion of the Christ, but that didn't mean they believe it because they don't know him. And they'll never know him until we know him and then we know how to handle people. What, what did it say in that passage that we just read in Matthew 5? This is what we're here for, to be salt, to be light, to shine, to make a difference in people's lives, to love people, accept people just exactly the way that they are. I mean, you know what? Gates of the city accepts people. You're here. I'm not looking out there at perfection. You know, it's up here on the platform. (laughs) Right? Huh? You're here. He's here. Amen? He's here. It's all about him. I'm telling you, it's all about him, and I've said that before, but I'm telling you, it's all about him. And it's, it, it's, about, it's about God. And you say, well, you know, Pastor, like, so we, we shouldn't talk about Jesus? I didn't say that. But don't shove Jesus down people's throats that can't handle Jesus yet. But you need to know Jesus like you've never known him before in your whole life. You need to be obeying Jesus like you've never obeyed him in all your life. You know why? Because they need you to know him. Because they're never going to know him if you don't know him. And if you don't know how to love and accept them the way Jesus loved and accepted them, where did Jesus go? He was wherever all the trash and all the mess and messy, sticky situations were. Hmm? Spitting in the mud and throwing things in people's eyes and making them see and... Telling some lady that had been married seven times, you know, that she's forgiven. and Telling this one and that one and, and another uh, lady that, you know, that her, her whole life was spent, you know, with other men. And to, telling her that she's forgiven. I mean, he was in all the sticky places. That's where we have to be. I'm telling you, the world is out there and they need the Jesus that we're talking about at this Easter season. Right? They need him. But they're they're not going to get there. They're not going to necessarily. Some will, but the majority won't. They won't get there until they can trust him. But they'll never trust him until they can trust somebody. And that somebody is you. They'll never trust God until they can trust somebody. Because they're so afraid of all these things that God will do. God will do this. He won't do that. And as as I am, just a couple of the things I was thinking about in this love and acceptance thing. So people think of, if I work real hard, if I do this, if I become famous, if I become a movie star or a great singer or something, then people will love me. Anybody ever watch documentaries on famous people? You ever watch them? How many have either committed suicide or attempted suicide? And how, how, see, they're, they're looking for God in the wrong places. Nothing wrong with being a singer, movie star, do whatever you want to do. It's like I said a few weeks ago about things you consume, the consumption of your body. Do things because you like it and because it's right, not because you have to have it to be something and be accepted. But that's the problem with all the world. And until we get those problems worked out within ourselves so that we can help other people, the world will be saved. God's desire is all the world to be born again. One person at a time. One person. You can't save the masses. You can have a big conference or whatever and people say they get born again. You know how many people have made a confession but yet didn't believe in their heart? They weren't born again. There's thousands of them that made a confession, but they didn't really believe because nobody was there to help them and teach them what that looked like. 
Think about the people around you that, that they're either born again or they're not, but, but God intends for them to be because they were created in the image of God and he wants you to be the one to, to help them in, in a very subtle way in helping leading them to realize you don't, you don't have to work yourself into the ground to be accepted by God. You don't have to become a movie star and sell your body and yourself to become all these things. We've got to help people. I don't know where I'd be in my life without the help that that God sent me, especially my wife. I don't know where I'd be. But the people that God sent in my life to help me get some things straight in my mind and get things straight about who God really is, we need each other, and the world needs us. Can you say amen to that? Um, So, I'm just going to, in saying this. <clears throat> I told a story. Uh, we were teaching a series back in September, I think, on uh, what does love do in a situation? What, is, what does God do in a situation? And I told this story about, I was on an airplane, I don't know, years ago, somewhere, flying to somewhere. And, uh, but I'll never forget the guy's face. And I, was, I was flying to this certain destination. And there was a guy, I mean, I, I went, there's a whole lot more to the story because I had to get past being angry at why my plane sat on the tarmac for an hour because we were waiting for this guy. And then he sat next to me. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, I was uh, ticked. <laughs> um, and it was a three-hour flight. And this guy sitting next to me. And he was of another nationality, meaning another religion. And as the plane takes off, he starts talking. Mm-hmm, 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 I'm, I'm doing this. And he's tried to find out where I'm from. He's kind of broken English, you know, he was, a, he was a Middle Eastern. And... Uh, as I'm listening to him, <laughs> Holy Spirit said inside of me, you say, how does he say that? You know how. You just know. And I just, it's like I heard him say, uh, I need you. God needs me? Yeah. Because I'm his representative in the earth. I need you. Long story short, through our flight, at the end of the flight, towards the end of the flight. This guy was telling me how he traveled the world to study different religions. And he was headed to Austin to study Christianity. And he said, I'm, I'm going to study Christianity, but I'm not going to follow through with it because I don't like you know, the things about the God of Christianity. Some, something along that line. And so I asked him, I asked him, so what is it you don't like? And he said, and then he said something else, and then he said something else. And I said, uh, well, you know, I'm a Christian. He said, yeah, you, you told me that. I said, yeah. And, he, and I said, uh, but that's not my God. He goes, what do you mean? I said, the things you just said, that that's what my God does, that's not my God. Now, you may have heard that or... You heard other people teach it or teach things or whatever, but that's not, that's not the God of the Bible. I said, what do you mean it's not the God of the Bible? I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, this, that's not my God. I don't believe those things. You don't believe that God will do this and this and he, that he did this and he treats people. No, I don't, I don't believe that myself because my God doesn't believe that. And he was just quiet. And I said... I said to him, I said, since that's what you think, let me tell you about my God. And the rest of the trip was me sowing into him about how good my God is. Listen to me. <clears throat> Here's what we call what people think of sin, whatever it is. All the things I mentioned earlier, they, people would de- declare those things as sin. If a man 
wants to go to hell, if a person, a man or a woman wants to go to hell, if they don't want to live with God for eternity, and the only way to that place is to step over Jesus. I don't want it. Because none of the things and a hundred other that I mentioned earlier, none of those things will keep you out of heaven. People just don't understand our God. People think those things will keep you out of heaven. They won't keep you out of heaven. And if you've been taught that, you've been lied to. I'm, I'm just telling you the God of the Bible. Jesus died for all those things and he wants you to accept it, believe it, and then have the power to overcome those things in your life, whatever it is. But until you feel accepted and loved by God and you can trust God, you'll never get the revelation you need to overcome anything in your life that doesn't please him. Because at the end of the day today, after 40 years of living for God, I want to please him more than I want to do anything. I just, if, if I know something's not right, I want it changed. I haven't always been that way, but I'm that way today. There were things that I was real quick to get rid of and there are the things that just kind of drug on like I was pulling them along. But today, I just, all I want is what he wants. But that comes from relationship and you can't take your convictions and shove them on someone else and make other people feel that way. Jesus paid for what this season represents is you and I are set free we've been delivered we've been made whole and now we're to go sacrifice and submit to the will of God in loving other people the way that God loved us and gave and God loved us and set us free we're, we're, we're to be the bridge that helps other people come to that place of knowing Jesus the same way can you say amen what a great God. What a great time of year. Amen? And I encourage you every day to be open how you can be a blessing to someone else, somebody that you don't even like, maybe somebody at work that's really irritated you. Just do something kind. Hmm? Do something kind. What, 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 what could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? They might smile at you. I don't want them to smile at me. I'm mad at them. I want to be mad. you got to get over it. Just be open. God will send you people if you're open and you, you're willing to do hear and do what he tells you to do. Man, he'll send you people all the time. All the time. And it's amazing when you get in the flow of giving and doing for others and submitting and sacrificing for the good of other people. It's amazing what happens in your life and how you get your eyes off yourself.